Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of In the Highs, In the Lows. Today I'm talking with my friend Jake about spiritual warfare. Jake, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, so my name's Jake. Um, I'm currently a senior. I have been attending uh, my church for a little while. I've gotten opportunities to preach and, and I just try to take as many opportunities to share scripture as I come across. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Would you like to open up with scripture? Yeah, so today I, I want to talk about uh, spiritual warfare. It's a topic that's happening in my life a lot, so I just felt that it would be fitting to talk about it now. Um, but before we like really talk about like the scripture, I want to just kind of explain what spiritual warfare actually is. Spiritual warfare, as a lot of people see it, is uh, kind of when we're struggling when we're going through a hard time. And that is true, but it's not the full story. Spiritual warfare is on an even deeper level. It's when there is a there is an enemy, there's Satan, and and he's going to try to destroy Christ. He's going to try to destroy the kingdom and we have to fight against that. Scripture tells us that it's it's not a, a fight against flesh and blood, but it's a uh, fight against the powers of evil and so I thought we could start with like the first example of spiritual warfare and it's like most not condensed but like it's very simple visual form. yeah um, so this is the third chapter of Genesis as we know the first chapter is God creating heavens and earth he creates a bunch of things and all of them are good then he kind of dives a little deeper into kind of the creation of man and woman. He then explains how they should interact and all of these things. And he tells us that we should not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. So then in chapter 3, there's the serpent. Uh, and uh, in verse 1 it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. The serpent, um, in Hebrew, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong, but the serpent is Satan. He is this angel that God has, mm -hmm. for some reason, we don't know yet, has given some more free will or an option, and he is going to be known as the Satan, or known as the, the adversary, the enemy of heaven the enemy of our life. So what he does is he says to the woman, this is verse two, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Uh, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of tr the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you should be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm -hmm. All right, so so let's stop there. Um, basically, we have Satan talk to talk to Eve, and he doesn't quite say he doesn't go out the gate and say, "All right, you should do this, do that." He's like Scripture says, he's more crafty. He says. Are you able to do that? Are you sure? Yeah. He's asking questions. 
he's almost like testing to see how can I make you doubt rather than yeah. you should go do that. Exactly. And then what he does is when the woman responds with the answer, then he says, well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Then he makes you doubt God's being right. And then he says, for God knows, in verse 5, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then he gives you that desire. He comes at us with a, with a hey, uh, is that true? And then when you doubt it, when you're like, no, it is true, then mm-hmm. he makes you doubt it even further. But then mm-hmm. he gives, then he also plants in this like, but you will get this. Mm-hmm. And for all of us, we have all fallen in that trap. We've all believed it. We all, mm-hmm. and it, deep down in our core, unless Jesus is gracious to you and you try to pursue and follow him, you want to be like God. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is the first example uh, of spiritual warfare in the Bible. And then later, God's going to go in and he's going to talk about the consequences of that. He's going to say, he, he literally first, the first three things he says is, hey, here are going to be your consequences of this action. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to get worse and worse. And then we have this downward spiral, this, this like, this downward spiral of pain that per, that just like is persistent throughout the scripture. Mm-hmm. Especially, you can really see it unfold in the Old Testament, where you can oh, yeah. see Israel fall and then fall back into Jesus's into God's grace and then fall again and then go back to God's grace, and it's just this pattern yeah. over and over again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But what we also see at the same time is this story of this promise of a Messiah who will come mm-hmm. and save us from. And that's that's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what we we want and we need. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, I, I want to explain a, a little bit more. Um, Satan is crafty. He's a liar, and, and we we can look through the Old Testament, and I think that's great. And there's a lot of wisdom that comes from that. But we also need to kind of take a second and really kind of think about well, how is this happening? in our lives Mm -hmm. true because spiritual warfare is persistent in our lives Mm -hmm. the amount of times in a day where i fall and believe satan's trap is astonishing that god still loves me (laughs) yeah that's relatable (laughs) (laughs) but the, the truth is is we Thank God that we live in a society where we know Jesus and mm-hmm. uh, we can believe him. But this spiritual warfare still happens. Um, at my high school, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. FCA? It's like this, this like worldwide, uh, organi- or it's this like nationwide organization. Mm-hmm. Um, at our school, I, I got the privilege, thank God for this privilege, where I get to share my, I gotta share my, my story, my testimony uh, to, to a... Uh, a group of uh, these kids and from from what I heard it went over pretty well and a lot of um, people at least kind of got to hear, hear hear the word through mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. which is such a blessing very true but the next week Satan decides to 
strike a blow. He decides to fight back. Mm-hmm. So the next week, I'm, I'm sitting in English class, and I see this sign from an, this flyer from another organization, uh, this other club, that that labels FCA as homophobic and transphobic. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's a lie from Satan. That's Satan lying to to this club about who what this organization is and who FCA what FCA is about. Mm-hmm. And he's using it as a way to kind of trick everyone. Mm-hmm. It's a it, it it's it's a very delicate and and hard situation that that we have to go through. Um, but another thank God, thank God, that Jesus doesn't just allow us to do this on his own. He tells us how to how to fight Satan. Mm-hmm. He, he tells us how to uh, get get away from it and how to combat it. And we see that through his actions in Matthew 4. So, Jesus' birth, yada, yada, yada. Um, we're here. Jesus got baptized, and then he goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what uh, verse 4 says um, in, in Matthew chapter 4. And then it says, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I, I bet. I get hungry when I, when I get home, and I haven't eaten in 20 minutes. I'm starving. And I'm so easily tempted then. I don't know how Jesus was able to combat the devil. So Jesus, uh, so Jesus tells us in Matthew 4, 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So let's stop there. What we see is, is Jesus is starving, he's fasting, and then Satan comes to talk, comes to talk about him. To him. He says, You are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. What I think is really interesting there is you don't see Satan going and tempting Jesus to go and break his fast. Rather, it's uh, prove that you're the son of God. Like, as you go on, yeah. you'll see the entire time Satan goes, prove you're the son of God, prove you're the son of God. And that's an entire theme throughout all four Gospels. It's like even when he's on the cross, it is prove you're the son of God. How can you do an act to prove that you're the son of God? Yeah. And it's like, it's not temptation the way that you think, but rather it's something that you, it's like, it's something that you get on your nerves so much. It's like, you don't believe that I'm the son of God will watch this. Like, it would yeah. be so easy for us to flip a switch, and for Jesus real. doesn't. And 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 I think that that's very true. And it also goes more so towards, I think, us. He's not just trying to tempt Satan. He's trying to tempt us. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he's like, hey, prove you're the son of God, well, that could feed into our brains. Well, prove now, like, in my life, prove that you're the son of God. Prove that mm-hmm. you died for my sins. Prove mm-hmm. those things. That's good. But the the way Jesus resp- responds, and he, and you'll you'll consider seeing this pattern again and again. He he responds with, "It is written," and we could just stop there. Mm-hmm. The rest doesn't even matter. The way we respond to spiritual warfare is by saying, "It is written." We go back to scripture. We go back to what God has to mm-hmm. say. To combat the lies of Satan. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a one-time thing. 
We can't. Oh. We, we can't just be like, oh, Satan wants us to do this. Well, uh, here's a cute Bible verse. No, we have to understand the different parts of the scriptures. We need to understand why it was written. We need to understand all of these things mm-hmm. so that we can really combat that lie. We, so we can combat what Satan is trying to do for us. Imagine if Eve, instead of just saying, well, God said not to, and then after Satan said the whole spiel of like, hey, yada, 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 mm-hmm. what if Eve was like, you're wrong because God said so? Yeah. It's like your words have no weight because they're not God's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's the most powerful thing that we can do whenever Satan's trying to tempt us, whether whether we're hungry and starving or exhausted or have a full belly. The best and only way to really combat it is through the Spirit and through God's Word. Mm-hmm. Which is why... It is so important that we read our Bibles. And I know people say that all the time. They say time and time again, you got to make sure you're reading the Bible. And most of the time it's in this like little cute way. Mm-hmm. But the Bible is so much more powerful and, and valuable for that. Because when Satan comes to tempt you, how are you going to fight him mm-hmm. without scripture? Mm-hmm. You might be able to pray to God, say, hey, help me fight Satan. But all God's going to do is bring you back to scripture. Oh yeah, and then it's really annoying because it's like, I knew I should go there in the first place. Why <laughs> didn't I go there in the first place? Yeah, and and it's a struggle and it's hard and it, and it will always, and it will always be a fight. That's why it's called mm-hmm. warfare, not uh, kitty fight. Yeah. <laughs> like. And it, and this is also a theme that, that plays into the, the rest of the Bible. You see in um, Ephesians, knew you were going to bring that up. I was going to say that first. <laughs> but my Bible's upstairs, so I couldn't pull it up. <laughs> Ephesians uh, 6, uh, verses 10 through 19, 20, give this, like, really big picture of you, you need to be ready for spiritual warfare. Uh, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Mm-hmm. And he lists many things. He says, um, he says later, uh, the thing I said at the beginning, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, the heavenly places. And he says that at the beginning, which is amazing on its own. But then he says, having fastened the belt of truth, which is already hard to do, the amount of times that I want to lie in a day, which is allowing Satan's lies to get in me and me then repeat them, is absurd. And then it says, and having put on the breastplate breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given to, by the gospel of peace. I think it's really interesting here how God says the gospel of peace mm-hmm. should be your shoes. Yeah. It should be how you walk. It should be how you act. It's what it's you're planted you in. Yeah. You see through not just scripture, but through an even broader sense through like life. If you read Shakespeare, you see clothes kind of being more symbolic of how you're acting. Mm-hmm. So if your shoes, the thing that you walk on has to be the gospel of peace, we should be walking in the gospel of peace. 
Mm-hmm. So when I see that flyer um, in class and part of me gets really ticked off, I shouldn't bottle it up. And then when my teacher says something to me, get a little snappy with her, which is what I did the first day. I mm-hmm. will admit <laughs> I ain't perfect. But thank God that he's so faithful to me. Um, but what I should have done, which is what I did the second day, which was put on the gospel of peace, which is love in Christ Jesus, and go and have conversations with people and kind mm-hmm. of get into a situation to where we can work it out peacefully. To where? To where we can represent Christ the best and may God use that situation for his glory. Mm-hmm. And then Paul goes on here. He talks about helmet, the helmet of salvation, which is, I think it's also interesting here how he uses helmet. I think a lot of times when, when we talk about, like, helmets, it's, like, what you're wearing on your head. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how he says salvation here. I think it, it goes to, like, we should be, we should understand that we're saved. Because mm-hmm. if we let that lie get in, it allows for a lot of other lies to get in. Yeah, and then it says, and, and this is the one I really want to emphasize, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yeah. That's the big one. The way you mm-hmm. come back to Satan, the way you combat Satan, the way you fight him is through a sword. We should be treating the Bible as we treat our swords, as in sharpening it daily, getting it ready for the next attack from Satan, and it will come right around the corner. And it's mm-hmm. a hard situation, and... And it's so sad that we have to use it, but we need to be prepared for it. Because when we mm-hmm. are prepared, we can have all the breastplates, helmets, shoes that we want. But if we do not have a sword to protect ourselves, there's no good in any of it. Mm-hmm. We can be wearing all the armor and sure, we're not going to get struck and we're not going to get hit, but we're not going to be able to protect the people who don't have the armor. Yep. And, and the, the thing is that Satan will then be able to continue to attack you. Mm-hmm. This is why I think this is such a beautiful example of it. Satan will be continue to be able to attack you, but if you don't have a sword to cut his head off, you ain't going to be... He, he, eventually, that armor's going to wear down. Yeah. And maybe you're going to start doubting your salvation. Maybe you're going to stop walking in the gospel of peace as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So we need to be sharpening the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and last thing here, and then I'll open it up for questions if you want. If not, I, I <laughs> saw good. that little uh, I can cut that out if I need to. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, leave it in if you don't. I probably there. will. Anyways. Continue. We need to understand the, the spirit of God is given to us through the word as well, as through prayer, as through other people preaching on a stage. Mm-hmm. And I can say, hey, read your Bible, read your Bible, sharpen your, sharpen your sword, sharpen your sword, all I want. But unless you, unless we really sit down and actually try to fight this, and unless we really want it, we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. The application would be useless. Anyways, that's all I got. So. Actually, do you have a question? Oh, yeah? Okay, so... Y'all don't know Jake most likely because you're listening. You're not like here right now. Um, but interesting thing about Jake, Jake has known Jesus for just over a year now. Yeah, like 15 months or so. 15 months or so. Um, Jake has already read the entire Bible, which is absolutely insane. So my question for you is how have you stayed so firm in like 
getting yourself in those disciplines of reading your Bible, because that's something that's really, really hard, even for Christians who have been Christians for years. Yeah, uh, two things. One, I would say starting small is probably a really big thing. When I first started reading the Bible, I would only read one chapter a day, and it was right before Mm -hmm. I went to bed. And it was pretty easy, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was, like, about to go to bed, and I would honestly be, like, half asleep, and my... I would be a- barely able to hold hold it above my head, but I would kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. And yes, I wasn't getting the b- best knowledge out of it. I wasn't like underlining and comparing this part of scripture to this other part of scripture and all of that. Mm-hmm. I just sat and was faithful with what I could do at the time, which was read mm-hmm. a chapter. And then slowly it grew to maybe, okay, now I'm going to start pushing myself a little bit. I'm going to read two chapters every day. Mm-hmm. And now three chapters. Oh, wow, I just finished the book of Matthew. Then you go on to the next book. And and every every day I would just read a little bit more. And now I'm reading like five to ten chapters a day. Wow. I'm going through the Bible again. I'm now able to do all those crazy things of underlining, comparing this part of scripture to this other part, understanding the, the different the way it's built. But we can't start there. We need to start being faithful with what we can be faithful with, and that is through reading one chapter a day. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, too, is I suggest to most people is take Sundays off of reading. I do not read on Sundays. I go to church a lot, so I hear the word a lot through pastors. So it's not like I'm not getting any relationship with the word in that day. Because I do go to, I would say, if you are going to take a day off of reading, it would be the best day is when you are hearing the word audibly through a preacher. Mm -hmm. So that's why I suggest taking a day off to hear the word of God through a preacher that way it's kind of it's not you're you're not going to be like oh my gosh I'm overworking because you're not you're taking a day off so yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay cool uh do you have any other thoughts uh, aside from read your bible and be aware that Satan's out there and he's trying to destroy uh your life yeah that's yeah. about it okay cool Alrighty, y'all. That's kind of the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you don't follow my Instagram, you should go follow it. It's really cool. I make all the graphics myself, um, which is really fun. Also, uh, you should tune in for next week's episode. I believe it will be an episode of me and some friends talking through Philippians 4, which is going to be really, really cool. It's just going to be a conversation. Um, Yeah. Hope you all have a great day. Bye.